On the same day as Tim Horton was born and Claude Giroux's 33rd birthday, we return once again for another series of our podcast made by and for ice hockey fans living outside of North America. Will Joe Long be as optimistic as possible for a Leafs fan? Will I even bother predicting the Leafs make it to the playoffs, let alone past the first round? And how much is Matt crying into his cup of Yorkshire tea about the delay to Dallas Stars season already? Well, that's all coming up on episode one of season three of NHL Fans From Afar. The hockey season is back. Thankfully for a few of us, it's not been as long a wait as usual. But for others, well, for them, it's been almost a year. And what a bizarre year it has been. We've got new divisions. We've got a shorter season. Delays to the start of some team season because of a positive COVID test or few already. And the lingering question of will this year have an asterisk next to it in the Stanley Cup history because it's potentially a shorter journey to lifting the cup? A cheat year, as some may say. Anyway, to help decode and pick apart the has-been, the is and the could-be I'm Claire Freeman, an unfortunate, ever-pessimistic Maple Leafs fan. Uh, Fortunately for you, my trusty co-hosts are slightly more optimistic in the form of the English boy living in Wales, Jolan Kemp-Walker, a fellow Maple Leafs fan. How are you, Jolan? Ah, just wonderful. Great to be back talking about hockey. There is no better time in a Leafs fan season as at the start of the season because it is impossible to have been disappointed to this point and you know at this point Leafs fans get excited about winning championships and winning the Stanley Cup and you know that it's only going to go one way between now and whenever the cup gets lifted but this point Claire enjoy these few sweet days before disappointment starts creeping in <laughs> a few hours more like we're like you know less than one day or just one few hours away from the start of the season it's a bit terrifying isn't it i'm enjoying it i've got a, i've got a glow about me i'm well i'm in my john tavares jersey i'm excited the leafs team looks nothing like it did last year and just for those people who uh, listen to this podcast who aren't leafs fans don't know why you would be not a leafs fan but anyway um uh, we will talk about other teams as well there's loads to talk about Claire as you've mentioned with all the different divisions realigning and everything and just a general excitement of hockey being back Mm, well a man whose team was just a rogue beard hair away from raising the Stanley Cup last season uh, was Dallas Stars fan Matt Day how are you doing Matt I'm all right. It's uh, it's already been an interesting start to the uh, Stars season so uh, why not carry on where we left off last year and uh, keep the entertainment going yeah, and uh, as you can hear in the background, uh, we probably should say congratulations to all of us because we have all moved further in our journey into adulthood since we last spoke. Last time we spoke, Matt, you were actually waiting for the arrival of a baby and it could not be more did timely. It, that in- Did it arrive? Did yeah, it arrive? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt had a baby. Joe Lund has bought a house, almost. I don't want to Subject, subject to contracts, yes, but yeah. 
Yeah, and I got engaged, also subject to contract, I suppose. Which, Claire, you say you got engaged, but uh, neither Matt's baby or my new house has been uh, chip paper. The next day's chip paper, as they say. You were uh, all over the local uh, local newspaper, were you not? Well, you know, where I live is Hadfield, which is the capital of legal gentlemen, a local place for local people. Very good. Anyway, um, a hello uh, to new and current listeners. Uh, and actually, we should probably do a quick reminder of who this podcast is for, why we do it, and how, if you're listening, that you can be involved. So this series does what it says on the tin. We're a fan-led podcast. We're made by and for NHL fans. We'll put the disclaimer in that none of us are experts. I was going to say, this sounds a lot like a we are not experts disclaimer. Do not take what we say as gospel. Please, for the love of God, don't bet on any predictions that any of us make because you will lose money. Yes, we do not profess to know everything. Uh, but the main thing is we enjoy sharing a bit of banter. And, you know, even in the early hours when we are all watching our team in our PJs, uh, you know, trying not to scream and shout and wake up the kids, the babies, the housemates, the boyfriends, the husbands, whatever. And actually the aim of this podcast when we started, what, th- two years ago? Can't even remember now. Yeah, time, time's a funny thing these days, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to create a safe space where all fans <laughs> actually, regardless of their hockey knowledge, could just share their thoughts and hear the non-American voices talk about the sport including the frustrations of watching on different time zones and those really annoying intermission ad breaks. If you subscribe to NHL TV, you'll know what we mean. Um, A quick note to say that we'd love to hear from you. You know, we don't want this to be a podcast about the Maple Leafs as much as Joe Long would love that. Whoa. What was that? Yeah. So no, no, uh, I was just checking the small print of my contract. I think it says that we get <laughs> quite a lot of maple leaves chat. So um, if you're not hearing us talk about your team, uh, then do make sure you get in contact with us. Uh, we're on Twitter at NHL fans from afar, or you can email us NHL fans from afar at gmail.com. Do subscribe, follow the podcast. There's a new episode out usually on Tuesdays or Wednesdays every week. Uh, But it's not something that we do for money. So forgive us, sometimes life gets in the way and we have to drop a week or two. Enough of the need to knows. Uh, Coming up, we, well, I've got a pointless NHL quiz to share with the boys. Mm -hmm. We love a good quiz. Uh, We talk big news injuries, outdoor games uh, have been announced, and we hear the hopes and dreams of fans from Chicago, Bruins, Florida, New York Rangers, Dallas, Calgary, and Detroit Persuasions. Uh, But first, the big news. Uh, Well, I say it's big news this week. Uh, You know, maybe because I'm biased, because I know you, Matt, but the fact that several Dallas players tested positive for COVID, and hey, there's the first proper reference of COVID in the podcast. Hopefully it's not the only thing we talk about. But the cancellation of these games, like, Matt, Man, you must be absolutely gutted. And actually, I was really gutted too because I've got loads of star players in my fantasy lineup. Yeah, the news did come out just after we did the uh, fantasy draft and <laughs> was quickly trying to find ways to get rid of some stars players. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a shock, really. Uh, and then it, it kind of wasn't as well. You know, I was expecting it to happen to a team sooner rather than later, but just hoping it wasn't the stars um 
uh, they were talking yesterday about trying to work out exactly how the the kind of the outbreak happened. It was six players and two um, trainers that um, tested positive, but you, you've got to think there's going to be more positive tests than that, um, whether or not they get reported. Um, well, but then the rest of the team have to self-isolate. Yeah, so uh, practice got cancelled, the training camp got cancelled. The first three games have been cancelled. So we're going to be on a trip to Florida, uh, playing Florida twice on a back-to-back and then to Tampa uh, for the Stanley Cup final uh, rematch. And they've cancelled the first three, which kind of seems a bit odd because you've got a team who's just had COVID and then you're going to say, yep, fly to Florida just to play one game and then fly back to Dallas. Seems a bit pointless, but... um, And risky as well. I mean, literally as we're talking right now, I've just seen flag up on Sportsnet on their Twitter. They put a new article, uh, which the headline reads, NBA announces new protocols as COVID-19 cases rise across the league. Limit the travel. I mean, yeah. they're, they're literally bringing in kind of lockdown style protocols to their players. So although they're not in bubbles, they're literally not allowed to do anything. Um, I don't even think they're allowed to go and get food. They've got to have it delivered. It's like it's it's incredibly strict because they're, they're, the NBA is in a position where there's so many tests coming back positive now. It's, it's becoming a bit of a fast. Players are being pulled out of games in the middle of a game. Yeah, I heard this where they're sat on the bench and they're literally tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, mate, you got to go. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and if you look at football in this country as well, it's it's really getting to the point where the positive cases are really ramping up. It's causing problems with fixtures and um, teams are having to put out youth teams and it's just all becoming a bit of a farce. And I'm not quite sure how they're going to manage this going forward because if you have to isolate for 10 to 14 days, a whole squad. That's a that's lot of games. Eight, eight to 10 games, mm-hmm. the amount they play. So it's, we could be having another Stanley Cup final in October. I mean, the, the thing I've been listening to a lot of the um, Canadian news outlets, I, I have um, uh, a, a, a legal loophole, shall we call it, where I get to listen to some of the sports news in Canada. And they were talking about like how big a deal this is in America. You look at California, which, you know, we're going to dip into like the outdoor games. They were talking like pre-Christmas figures California was announced, like talking about 50,000 new cases of coronavirus every day. And that was before Christmas. So you'd expect that to be higher now. Um, even Florida, 20,000 cases per day. Yet um, they'd received something like 21 million vaccines, but only 6,000 had been administered. So we get the, this kind of, we'll talk about the new divisions in a moment, but the difference between Canada and America, I mean, the chances of the American teams actually completing 56 games versus Canada could be astronomical. Um, I mean, Jolon, you have some opinions on this, don't you? Some quite controversial opinions. Do, do I? Do I? <laughs> yeah, you do. It's actually shared in our in our little WhatsApp group that we have where... Whoa, 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 whoa. no. I, I, I wouldn't say publicly I don't believe in the vaccine. No, I'm joking, of course, I don't believe in the vaccine. <laughs> No, I. Uh, what for me? The I mean, this this shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, as Matt kind of said, you know, look at the look at the restrictions that we've got in this country, 
and you know the still the impact it's having on sports on a week by week basis and then compare that with the restrictions you've got in america you know it's not a political statement to say that america has nothing like the kind of restrictions that we have over here so to be you know for anyone to be surprised that you know i can understand being disappointed but for anyone to be surprised that you know that teams are going to lose games or lose players is just the the reality that we're going to have to deal with this year. I think you touched on a really interesting point about it's fascinating having a league that is made up of Canadian and North American teams. And not only that, but splitting them. So having a Canadian division is going to be fascinating because you could, you could feasibly get to a point where if COVID, and let's hope it's not the case, but if COVID continues on its trajectory in America and the same in Canada, then the Canadian teams could finish their season almost on time and then just be sitting around waiting for the American divisions to finish because they've had Mm. so much disruption throughout the year. But again, the caveat with all of this, I think, is that, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I just feel pleased to have hockey on the TV. Now, whether that means the Leafs can put out all their players or whether they lose one or two throughout the season for odd games or have to miss a week or whatever it is, I don't know, as long as it's being done in a safe way and as long as it's being done in a way that, you know, isn't putting people at at, at harms or putting people at harm, then surely having something is better than having nothing. And I think, again, we we talked about the asterisks thing and we talked about that last year. And I think we all felt by the time the Stanley Cup was lifted, sorry, Matt, that, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning deserved to certainly win the Stanley Cup and also have it legitimately. I think this year is going to be the same thing because although it's a shorter season, teams are going to have to deal with things this year that they've never had to deal with before. Taxi squads, all of this kind of stuff that's going to be thrown in, I think is going to make for a really interesting year. And I think we as fans have just got to remember that, yeah, okay, it's not going to be like a regular season in the NHL, but we just need to embrace whatever whatever it brings. It's really it's really difficult because I'm kind of torn because I'm, I'm as excited as every other fan that yeah. hockey back but then at the same time you, you think back to last March when it all stopped mid-season the cases seem way higher and you know everything's much more dangerous now than it was when we when they decided to stop and so the difference is things are a bit of a known now though aren't they like you've got yeah. you've got testing in place so you you are able to to mass test players without taking those tests away from you know healthcare workers and things like that and you know to to a certain extent although you know we haven't got a great record here or there but you know we know certain ways of controlling you know uh, virus spreading although you know that's kind of been thrown out the window with these outbreaks in camps but i don't know i <laughs> See, I just hope that the players take it seriously, how privileged they are um, that they get to play and be paid for to play professional sport. Because for many people whose sport is a great enjoyment, they're not getting to do that. And, you know, some would say that this is, you know, it, it's, it's also is a luxury. But then look at the, the um, words. Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, did a press conference yesterday. And he really talked about... Um, it was important that this game came back. For the league, they were ready to deal with all this disruption. They were talking about losing billions of dollars 
just to get the season going, it'd be actually easy for them to say, do you know what? We're not going to play. We'll just leave this season out. We'll just come back next season. Uh, But they were talking about the importance of this. Like the fans need this, you know, to give this game to people because so many people are in isolation. There's curfews. They want this sense of normalcy, something that joins and entertains people together. I mean, I I think that was really, really interesting to hear that you know, it would be cheaper to shut the doors and not play, I think were the words he used. Yeah, and and, and that's, you know, so some teams are going to be hit much harder than others, as we discussed last year with, with all the financials and some teams are better off than others. Um, obviously, the Leafs are going to be absolutely fine. Um, but it, it is fascinating to think that they're going to lose billions by playing and they're going to have to try and find other revenue streams to try and make back some of that. And, and I think, you know, the helmet sponsorships and things, they're, <laughs> they're talking about that being a, a year-only contract just I mean, I, to I, try and make back a bit of money, but I just can't see it. Why was it not, not there in the first place? Like, such a wicked thing, I remember, I mean, in the UK, okay, right, in Elite League, for listeners who are here, maybe they follow... Glasgow, Cardiff, whatever. The, the, when, the way that those teams make money, yes, it is from season tickets, but you will get to sponsor every aspect. Like you sponsor the socks of a player. You sponsor the helmet. You sponsor, I don't know, the flipping groin cover of a player. If like people would do that. I can't remember one year. I, I think How much did I you actually, pay for that, Claire? How much did I, you pay for that? I didn't do groin cover, but I think I did a player's socks. Um, <laughs> It was like 12 quid for the season. I sponsored that man's socks. Brilliant. Um, but, you know, it was a way of like generating every corner of income. Yeah. I can't, I was genuinely shocked. I was like, what? They weren't already doing that. Now, I just want to point out, saying, sitting here in my nice, you know, John Tavares Leafs jersey, I do have to say there is something really nice and actually quite... Um, well, it is unique almost in sports now is that how little advertising take something like the, you know, the NFL, one of the biggest global sports in the world. Formula you can, One. You can, well, the NFL, you can wear an NFL jersey and not have a single sponsor other than the tiny little Nike tick that tells you who made the jersey. Same mm-hmm. with the Leafs, one of the biggest global sporting brands. And you're wearing a jersey that I can't even, I have to kind of turn around to the back to show that it's made by Adidas. That's how little sponsorship there is. And that is brilliant. Like, I, I, There is something I do really like about that. And I, I do find watching some of the European hockey and the Elite League, and I understand the reasons why they do it, but those jerseys are anything but nice, let's be fair. <laughs> but, and I can understand the, re- the reasons why they do it. But wh- where I don't kind of, um, well, I'm just not on the same league, is where, where I'm seeing a little red S for Scotiabank on a Leaf helmet I can't be outraged by that. You know, if that if that brings in, you know, X amount of millions for a team, then absolutely do it. And you've just got, you've got to go with the times and let's hope that they don't go crazy. But if you think the amount of uproar that's happened over the fact that there's a little, tiny little advertisement on the helmet, I can't imagine they're going to be going for huge sponsorships across the jerseys and all of that kind of stuff for a very long time. Right. Um, 
Just a little quick update on COVID, actually. I have also just read that um, Anton Kodobin, uh, Dallas Stars goalie, has just done a briefing with the media where he talked about during the off-season, he actually had COVID for three weeks. Um, but he's been back working out in the snow after getting over COVID. And uh, I guess, is he just uh, waiting to get over from his hometown in Siberia? He's um he's been back in Dallas and has been doing his, his compulsory quarantine. So yeah, excellent. He's on my fantasy. Thank you very much. I think I think the it, it's the biggest. Well, the most interesting thing about all of this, you know, there's certain players like Zabana Jad have come out and said they've tested positive. What are the long term effects of this? We hear all these things about long term effects on on health, um, and. You know, a team like the Stars having six or more positive positive tests, is that going to have an, an impact on how well they do later in the season? Um, and I mean, We should also mention Columbus Blue Jackets yeah. uh, practice has been cancelled. I'm not kind of up to date with all the happenings of who's isolating, what's kind of happening next. But as far as I know, I've not seen any cancellation of their games, but still not exactly the start to the season. Um, Jolon, you mentioned, and I will allow this to be a Leafs friendly zone, but you mentioned optimism. So let's swing the opposite way on the pendulum, right? So the Leafs have finally, I say finally, and I put that in capitals, if you're able to do that when you speak out loud, they've added some muscle and some beards and they have aged like a fine bottle of port um, with the new additions, such as Joe Thornton potentially on a front line. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I know it's been quite a. Um, <laughs> the Leafs look very different to um, how they've lined up over the last few years. Wayne Simmons coming in, Joe Thornton, Jimmy VC, all of these different players coming in. TJ Brody at the back. They they seem to have kind of got to the point where they believe those youngsters who aren't really that young anymore, in Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and all of those guys, are kind of at a point where right these guys are at their peak now. So we throw everything at them. And the guys they brought in just bring a different dimension. And as I said at the start of the podcast, like this is the this is the golden time for Leafs fans to get excited because you know it's the start of the season and no hockey's being played yet, so no one can shoot us down with something you know like a league table. But um, I was reading in the Athletic earlier, and of course, the Athletic is a highly reputable um, sports app, online app that does great. Sports coverage. We're not sponsored by them, but if you are new to following NHL, we would definitely say, like, if you can get a subscription for like 40 quid or something for the year, do it. It's amazing. And uh, I, I quite frankly trust whatever they say. And uh, they did a, uh, a ranking of the divisions and they got a load of their writers to uh, predict the 2020-21 season. And uh, I just had a quick little look before we came on the podcast recording. And um, under the bit, who will win the North division, i.e. the Canadian division? Uh, the Leafs got 68% of the votes. They got 28 votes. The next highest was the Vancouver Canucks with five votes. So, I mean... What? I mean, that's, basically that's a small sample size. Come on. 28 votes. Oh, no, no, no. And then the Oilers got four. The Canadians got two. The Flames oh, got wow. one. The Jets got one. And the Senators didn't get a single one. Because why would you vote for them? They're not going to... 
obviously win the North Division. But, of course, this is great. This is Leafs hype zone, isn't it? Everybody's talking about the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. And if I dare hear a single person talk about an asterisk next to the Stanley Cup on a year, the Leafs might win it. They might win it. But and, uh, no, forget that. Chill. Talk. I mean, the reason that I brought in the asterisk comment uh, in the intro was... Um, it was something that one of our listeners, who's a Bruins fan, I know. Wow. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, hold your breath. Don't Even Zidane Chara has turned his back on the Bruins, Claire. Even Chara thought, I don't know, it was it was him who actually suggested, you know, will there always be the question of, you know, whoever gets the Stanley Cup, um, you know, will it will it be lucky or will it be hard fought? Um, the, the thing that I've got to say about the new divisions, um, yeah. I genuinely was quite excited because um, yeah. what, what I was actually talking about with a friend who's quite new to following NHL, we were talking about how narrow-minded you can become when you follow this sport outside the country. You often kind of really um, narrow into your team and just watch your games and you get to watch the same teams all the time. So then when you come to the playoffs, if your team isn't in the playoffs, you don't really engage. You just switch off at that point, particularly we don't live in the country, but then mixing up the divisions. I'm genuinely excited to be like, yes, I get to watch some different teams. I was sick of watching games against Tampa, which we'd lose to. Yep. Oh, Bruins, which we'd lose yep. to. Ottawa, which we probably bloody lose to. Um, so I'm just genuinely excited because I think if I wasn't going to be a Maple Leafs fan, I would still be a Canadian fan. So I'm like, ooh, how does this work? And we've often said, like, the other thing is that you kind of switch into your time zone, like most sensible fans who like NHL that live in the UK support an East Coast team rather than a West Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wally. Yes, yeah, because then it's easier time time uh, wise if you do want to watch it live. But so I don't really watch much of the Vancouver of Edmonton games. So I am intrigued. But I also like the names of the divisions because the f- number one thing that I got confused with when I started following the sport was, yeah. hang on, who's in the Atlantic? What what's the other division that's called? Why is it? Why, why is there a tube line? Yeah, exactly. I just couldn't get it round. So this yeah. is so great. I'm like North. East, West, yeah. South. Thank you very much. That's one you, less thing to remember. And you had those oddities, didn't you, of like Tampa and Florida being in the same division as Toronto and Ottawa, yet, you know, the New York teams and, and you know, that who were just down the road are not in the same division and all that kind of stuff. One of the things I'm really excited about, and I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe just as a Canadian fan, it'd be interesting to get Matt's perspective on the division realignment, but as a Canadian fan, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a different kind of storyline for the regular season because these Canadian teams, I mean, you know, Canada is, hockey's number one in Canada, right? So it's, it's about the third or fourth sport in America. Yeah, in Canada, it is the sport. So Canada is going nuts over the fact that they've basically got a regular season of just Canadian teams versus Canadian teams. The rating is going to be through the roof. Mm. And... I think it's going to create some really interesting rivalries because actually one of the things that Canadian teams have not had very well for the last few years are any kind of rivalries because, quite frankly, they've all been crap. And if, you know, if one of them maybe hasn't been, then it's just been one team that has been good. And, 
you only have to look at the Canadian teams making the playoffs or making, you know, any kind of indent in the playoffs being so poor. And so to give, to give Canada a kind of uh, an opportunity this year in what has been a very tough year for everyone, but this year just to have, basically it's a fun league of all these Canadian teams playing out for bragging rights, really. And I think it could be interesting because the, the teams that are in there, you look at the Leafs, the Canucks are a, a real unknown, but you know went the furthest out of all the Canadian teams in, in the playoffs last year and a, a very young, excited team. The Oilers, Drysidle, McDavid, what are they going to come back like? The Canadians, a load of people are saying that they've had a really good... Oh, someone's uh, obviously switched off the uh, the Leafs banter. Um, it's the Welsh internet's gone down. Clearly, look, it's a lockdown. Joel has actually frozen on the screen on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, Matt, let me just come to you, because as someone who doesn't want to bang on about the Canadian division all the time, the, the one thing I suppose is that... Um, uh, um, the North Division has only got seven teams. All the other divisions have got eight teams. So I guess that means we have to play each other a lot more times. Someone I think had put on the tweet here, Alberta. Um, the the Battle of Alberta is going to be played ten times. Ten but times. amazing, yeah. So for you, for you, like, which division are you in again? <laughs> I haven't even really looked much <laughs> so, in America. So we, we've stayed in the Central Division, but it's um, all of a sudden got. Lots of lots of teams from other divisions in. So we've 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 got Chicago um, and Nashville, um, who were usually in the Central Division. But then we've gained Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, and Tampa. So I mean, I mean the the storyline there is Tampa v Dallas again and again and eight again times, and again. Like as if you guys don't know each other already, right? Yeah, I mean that's going to be fun. And I I am I am like you were saying, excited to be playing different teams um, because you do, the rivalries are good, but for one season only to get to play um, other teams like, like Carolina and, and Columbus um, that, you know, we don't, we usually would only play twice, I think in a season. Um, that, that's going to be good fun. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that side of things. And I'm just happy to be out of the division where Boston Bruins are, which happens yeah. to be the well, East. Oh, look, Joe Lund's back now. He's unfroze himself. Was it was a beautiful say, freeze, by the way. Thanks. I was going to say, the asterisk should go next to the um, Toronto um, when they win the Stanley Cup this year to say the year they avoided Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? Like, all joking aside, I don't know whether it... I don't know whether it's just Leaf fans, but I'm sure there are other fans who are very pleased that their pathway to the Stanley Cup is not already predefined at the beginning of the season. <laughs> like, it's quite refreshing to think that, oh, well, we'll probably lose in the first round to Team X. Um, the, one, the other thing, I don't know what uh, what you guys were talking about while I uh, disappeared into, as you said, the, the lovely Welsh internet that I have. Um, I think the East division is going to be a barnstormer. Like some of the teams that are in there, you've got the Flyers up there who have, you know, take, taken on leaps and strides. Carter Hart is another player who, you know, is kind of getting to the point where he's at his peak. You've got the Bruins, you've got the Capitals. The fact that Zdeno Chara has gone to the Capitals and now he's going to have to play the Bruins like eight times is just wonderful. The New York Rangers are a team that, who knows, could be really good. They're young, they're probably a little bit ahead of their curve, but they could excite and then Pittsburgh and the Islanders, again, are, are two teams that are veteran teams almost. 
and you wonder whether they'll be fighting for those playoff spots. Really, only in that division, you've got the Devils and who knows what the Sabres will be, probably not much. But in most of the divisions, but certainly in that Eastern division, I'd struggle to pick who's going to make that playoffs out of them. Yeah, I agree. And that's pretty much the case all the way down. I mean, I don't know about the West division. I mean, we were saying just before we started recording, we we kind of were struggling for knowledge on the Western division. But Matt, I mean, you've, you know, Dallas were playing a lot of these teams. Surely the West is easy. Colorado, St. Louis and Vegas are are the top three. And Mm. then it's one of the others. Yeah, Um, you would think so, wouldn't it? San Jose Sharks, whether they come back healthy. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, San Jose, I think LA, not really. I, I mean, Anaheim again are on a rebuild. It's like that, that, to be honest, you'd be looking at one of Arizona or Minnesota probably for the fourth spot. Ironically, exactly what it was last year. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it those two fighting out for that final wildcard spot? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think, I think the, the East is, is the hardest one. I think it's the hardest one yeah. to predict, but, but then who knows what's going to happen across the season as we were discussing with COVID yeah. and everything. We could get some real surprises. Um, yeah. I mean, you mentioned taxi squads and, and all of this sort of stuff, the, carrying three goalies, the fixtures are coming really close together. Um, there's going to be a lot of rotation going on of goalies and, and things. And, and we might get some surprise results and we might get some some different teams in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. yeah, you look at you look at that West and you think those three are definitely, definitely going through. On that note, I've got, a technical question that um, I was going to Google before the, the podcast, but I forgot to do. So you two might be able to answer it with the taxi squads. So thanks for the notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if a player is in your main squad and then you move them to the taxi squad, do they have to go through waivers? Yes. If they if they have to clear waivers to go to the minors, they have to go yeah. through waivers to get to your taxi squad. So once, even if they're a goaltender. Yeah. So once they clear waivers. Um, you can then either put them back in your NHL squad, in the AHL, or in your taxi squad. But they've got to have gone through waivers first. Every single time that they trans- transaction between the, the main NHL so, yeah. team and the... And, and wow. that, that's what's going to make this season so crazy in terms of cap space and everything, is that mm. there's going to be so many um, off-day off transactions. So, yeah. Um, Somebody like Tyler Johnson for Tampa, who's already cleared waivers once this season, um, just to save on cap space, he's going to find himself in taxi squads on um, mm. on off days to save on cap room, and then probably back in NH and then trying to clear waivers again. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a big teams are going to be taking risks with players. I mean, Montreal um, waived Corey Perry, who they've just signed. You know, he was he was instrumental. Yeah, he was instrumental in in you know the Stars Cup run, and he signs for Montreal and he's waived. Uh, he's cleared, and who knows if he's in the taxi squad? He's going to be back in the NHL. It, there's going to be so many moves to juggle cap space. 
And I suppose at this point, you know, I shouldn't be surprised that Corey Perry clears waivers because all the teams are are cutting back on players and they've all got probably more players than they need. And, and you know, one interesting thing to, to add into it as well is nobody's going to be rolling in cash. You know, there's going to be a couple of teams who are going to be exempt from all of this, but even they're probably feeling it a little bit. So nobody's going to want to spend more than they have to. And there's going to be quite a lot of pressure from owners to GMs to say, you know, you, you spend, but don't, don't go crazy. And so, but as the season goes on and you have people on IR or COVID related um, illness or all those kind of things, those kind of, you know, players going on waivers, you could have players going all over the country. And then how's that going to work? So how are you going to get like, you know, let's say Corey Perry goes on waivers and it gets claimed by Florida. So does that mean Corey Perry then has to go and live in another country during a global pandemic? And and has to isolate for two weeks. Yeah. I think we're probably going to see very little cross-border moves. Yeah. I think that's Because you can imagine the upheaval, the upheaval, you know, taking it back to the the personal and the individual on that. You know, it's one thing, you know, wave a wire around Canada – but can you imagine if you, or even in Canada, even if you're Toronto to Vancouver or whatever it was, then, I mean, that's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. I wonder if that we're talking it up and there won't actually be that many. Yeah. I think I think at the moment, nobody's claiming people off waivers because they're all too busy trying to work out how they're going to yeah. you know, manage their cap space. But I think once you start maybe losing people to injuries um, and start using up some of your taxi squad, then you might be claiming people and then, you know, then you get all these weird moves across the country during, during a pandemic and it becomes quite interesting. Do you think there's like a, a GM's uh, WhatsApp group and they're all like, okay, guys, all right, let's, let's not be crazy. We've all got a lot of shit going on. Like, just <laughs> please do not anybody do anything. And then call the, the truce. Nobody yeah, claim anyone <laughs> at the moment. The first one to go is like, yeah. I can't believe Lou, Mar- Lou Lamorello. He did it. He did it. Yeah. But the, so, like injuries at the moment, some really big and also like kind of quite weird injuries, like Jonathan Taze. Nobody knows, or he doesn't oh, yeah, know yeah. what's going on, and that's been going on for a while, right? And then um, Alex Nylander, so big dent for Chicago. Um, Henry Lundqvist, like having heart surgery. And then I hear like Pasternak was obviously out, wasn't he? But then he was back in practice today. Um, I'm quite surprised because I imagine for a lot of teams, like this is the healthiest they'll have been, for, particularly for the guys who haven't played for absolutely ages. They could really come back fresh. That's why I like said about San Jose Sharks, because apart from a bit of inconsistent goaltending over the years, they've actually got something there. They they kind of held themselves together for the last couple of years and then fell apart as soon as injuries hit. But if they're fresh and they're healthy then those teams that haven't played for such a long time, that could be interesting. Um, I don't know if I've missed like other big injuries that have been announced, actually. I wonder uh, as well on that. I've got a sub on. I was going to say, Tarasenko is out for the Blues. Of course. Um, Tyler Sagan for Dallas. Kucherov? Yeah. Yeah, Tampa. Kucherov. I do wonder, though, whether, you know... Uh, I guess I guess this much time off and also the the current state of the world if you had any niggling condition or anything that you weren't sure about you probably did get it checked out this year because you wanted to know whether you were at risk and all of that kind of stuff and 
before signing yourself up for you know playing in a in an NHL season where you're probably going to be more at risk than you know any of us are then you probably did do a bit of a you know a once over and I wonder why that's why some of these injuries have come out and from those professional athletes because it is you're right it is strange that we've heard of all of these happening um in in kind of a yeah in in, a, in one off season mm. a long off season one one to mention actually um on while you mentioned the sharks actually is Evander Kane which is a fascinating story so I was reading in the athletic earlier again another plug um, and a recap I haven't read all the details and the ins and outs of this. Recap for those of us who do not know. So a really interesting. Um, I mean, he's quite um, quite an outspoken player, I'd say, in the league. For, for NHL players who, who don't really ever say anything ever, um, he is quite, you know, he is quite outspoken. Um, he did, you know, a lot of talk around the Black Lives Matter and he's part of the kind of players group who were who were very vocal and, and you know, very critical of the NHL and um, other sports and, and America as a country. Um, but he's, uh, interestingly, and Daniel Kaplan wrote in The Athletic about it, saying that um, he's now part of the lengthy list of athletes who um, has had to file for bankruptcy, um, which... Is quite incredible when you think of you know the kind of contracts that he is on. Um, I'm just scrolling down his article now, and it's he's he's earned 52.9 million in terms of team pay um, over the years and over his 11 year career. He's 29 years old. There's some talk of him not playing this season. Um, he's talked a lot about how this year is going to be really difficult for him because of the reduced amount of games means a loss of earnings, essentially, because he's going to be earning less, um, which the NHL players have agreed to. And, you know, you kind of, you know, you read the article and, and some of it seems, you know, unfortunate stuff like gambling debt and things like that. Other things, you know, he's he looks like he's looking after various members of family. There's a lot of people who live with him from all over his family. And he obviously is someone who's going through a lot. And he is the kind of person, going back to the hockey side of things, he's the kind of person that San Jose really need to kind of step into the shoes of the Joe Thorntons, the Patrick Marlowe of a few years back, albeit he's there now. Um, the guy who Dallas have got, whose name escapes me. Pavelski. Yeah, Pavelski. And um, those kind of players, you know, uh, San Jose is missing that identity now. And Evander Kane is the type of player on the type of contract you'd want. But it, it seems like he has got a lot going on outside of hockey. And although he missed the deadline for opting out of the NHL season, which was back on Christmas Eve, um, his lawyer has said that he may well um, choose to opt out. There's no... No, kind of no indication of how he'll do that because he's kind of missed the deadline for that. But it's just another kind of really, you know, sad story of somebody who who's obviously had a really tough time and has got himself into a, a really tricky situation. Um, if you want to read more details, and as I say, there's various articles going around, but the one that I found was, um, yeah, Daniel Kaplan um, in The Athletic wrote about it earlier. And it's just, it just seems to be a, a bit of a cursed team at the moment, San Jose, in the last few years. And I think it's going to be difficult for them to... Um, to get back onto the ice and, and win some hockey games. See, I really hope that um, it doesn't dent the moves that have been made by the, uh, you know, the affinity for Black Lives Matters. 
I hope that it doesn't put like a, a you know a stain on the good work that they're doing because oh look one of them who's associated with that group oh he's a bad one isn't he and then they just write off the the, the progress that they've made um, for I that movement. The, I, I think the progress of that movement's too big. I mean, all you have to look at you know is the fact that it's again sorry to bring it back to the NFL, but that is the ultimate kind of you know irony of this whole thing you know the fact that there is you know recognition a fascinating story from america today was bill belichick who was the new england patriots coach one of the you know winningest coach of all time in the nfl and he um declined uh, an american award a kind of keys to the city of but keys to the country i can't remember exactly what the award was but there's a big deal in the states and he declined it um, because of the fact that it was, you know, from President Trump and it was it was part of that administration. He he just didn't feel comfortable um, kind of accepting this award at a time of uh, great kind of change within society. He felt that he owed it to the players and the supporters and the people who had worked so hard to bring about these kind of changes in society. And he said this last year, ironically for the for his team has been one of the worst years in his coaching career however he talks about looking back on this year with such pride about the way that this kind of conversation has come out of something like the NFL and to publicly shun a presidential award like he has done is massive in America you know absolutely huge this is a country that lost it when Colin Kaepernick took the knee during the national anthem you know they do not take these things lightly the fact that he has got to the point where he's publicly and he released a, a, a statement which you can all read but he publicly went against this shows how big this kind of you know this movement is what I think this will have an effect on is the view of Evander Kane in the NHL unfortunately and he is one of the kind of um, outspoken members of the league and it's really unfortunate for him that he will now be you know associated with this and who knows what will happen to it hopefully he can get through what he needs to and he can prove to people he's still a, an incredible hockey player but it's going to be a long road for him and his you know his reputation is going to be is going to be damaged but I would hope in you know in terms of your question Clay you'd hope the why the progress is uh, goes beyond the kind of the actions of one individual. Well, one um, positive bit of news um, this week: uh, Willie O'Ree's um, jersey is to be retired. Mm. Boston Bruins uh, are going to raise number twenty-two to the rafters on February the eighteenth, and that is the first black player in the NHL to have a jersey retired. I mean, what the twenty twenty-one, and we're doing this. I think the guy's already in um, Hall of Fame, but that's only a recent addition too. So movement is happening within the league and they're taking note of this, which is good to note. Um, just before we kind of move off like the divisions, I put a tweet out actually on our Twitter account just to kind of get some thoughts from uh, some of our podcast listeners and fans from across uh, the league. Uh, Alex Cole, uh, who's joined our NHL fans from afar, Fantasy League. He's a Calgary fan. Um, he's very happy that there's going to be an all-Canadian division and 10 times Battle of Alberta. The dream is a reality. Yeah, you wait till you're like fifth or sixth time in, mate. <laughs> Maybe the dream might be slightly tainted. Um, Tom has put here... 
uh he's um, a rangers fan uh one of the things that he's really enjoyed about getting into fantasy it looked like he had an amazing lineup he shared his um team and he said his problem as a fan that he's not always clued up on players beyond the obvious superstars uh, but listening to the podcast has been a big help and i think that taps into what we were saying earlier wasn't it about how you can just get sucked into your team in your division and then when you start to kind of get to know other teams and then you get to know other players like superstars and then you get to know the other other players, the ones that will be moving around on waivers, as you say, Matt. It adds so much to watching the NHL and, you know, I'm sure Matt will agree, but it, it does, you know, those different storylines. I was trying to work out, it's a really anecdotal thing, but I was trying to work out whether to buy NHL TV this year because, um, you know, the Leafs are on Premier Sports a lot. And, you know, now with BT having the rights uh, for some NHL games, uh, which I've got, I was thinking maybe between Premier Sports and BT, I'll just watch the Leafs when they're on that. And then the rest of the time, I'll just watch the the highlights and not actually bother with NHL TV. And actually, through this podcast and through, you know, doing the fancy um, hockey and all that kind of stuff, I've actually got to the point where I quite enjoy watching other teams as well. So if there was a night that the Leafs were playing, but, you know, they weren't on Premier Sports or BT, but there was a game going on between the New York Rangers and New York Islanders, I feel like I've got enough kind of interest and understanding of who the players are in those different teams to be able to watch that. And that's great because that's something that, you know, we we kind of have over here with with sports in this country. And yeah, hopefully if anybody listens to this podcast and take that, it kind of has this as a takeaway, that is our job done. Just watch as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, Graham is a Red Wings fan and says uh, Red Wings season. Yeah. It's usually still going after 56 games, hoping for the same this season, but extremely doubtful. Um, UK New York Rangers fans have put thinking hockey is finally back. Woohoo. Dreaming New York Rangers wins the cup, wishing for a very deep playoff run. Uh, there was lots of banter as well between Bruins and Rangers fans there. I can imagine. On that one, actually, um, they sent us a DM UK um, uh, New York Rangers fans um, at NHL fans from afar. And they've uh, they just put this. They said, here's one for you guys. And with sports being a bit surreal at the moment um, and with us not being able to attend games and all of that kind of stuff, they wanted to try and fix um, some things. So throughout the season, they're going to host some virtual pregame meetups um, for the games just before midnight, which will be really cool. Uh, sorry, Matt. Um, just before midnight um, to try and help hype up the game experience and give fans an outlet to be able to interact face-to-face, so to speak, of course. Um, so like, basically just grabbing a load of hockey fans who are over here in this country who are following various different teams. You don't have to be a Rangers fan and they're going to set it up. But anyway, if you're interested in it, um, I'm sure they'll tweet out the details, but um, it's at UKNY Rangers. And if you follow them on Twitter, I'm sure the details will be on there. Oh, I love that idea. I love the idea, idea of like yeah, cracking really open idea. a beer at like 11 o'clock at night. And even if you're just there, even if you don't feel confident enough to kind of chuck into the conversation, wouldn't it be great just to sit there and listen to, you know, a load of people having a bit of a chat about some hockey and it would be almost like we're over in Canada or in America. Well, see, we did that, Norway. didn't we? For our, for our fantasy draft, we had a Zoom call yeah, really where nice. we were... Just all like kind of chatting as the draft was happening, happening, and 
Um, I think that's a big part of like, we know that we're kind of a rare breed that love this sport in the UK or in other countries. You know, we've got people who listen to us in Belgium, in Taiwan, in Australia, and they're even rarer. Um, but it's just nice to know that there are a bunch of other weirdos like us three. Well, you two kind of knew each other, didn't you? But we didn't know each other Matt, a couple of years Matt ago. Matt was contractually obliged to know me for two years. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you work together. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I do like that, you know, the fact that actually you kind of um, randomly form these friendships. I think they're friendships anyway, acquaintances. Um, with oh, other... We don't get paid anything, Claire, so <laughs> it's pretty much that, isn't it? Yeah, uh, with people who are just as weird as you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we even called a Boston Bruins fan at half two in the morning, didn't we, to say oh, a yeah, begrudging well done a couple of seasons ago when they beat us game six in the first round of the playoffs. And we that called is... Ross and said painfully on the podcast, well done. I remember, I remember that night so fondly, which is bizarre for the fact that the Leafs lost again to Boston in the playoffs. But the fact that we managed to record the podcast in the build-up, I remember being hopeful. I remember all of that. I remember sitting there with you watching the game live, head in hands like you're doing now throughout the whole game. And I remember, yeah, ringing Ross at like 2.30 in the morning, having to congratulate him on getting to round two. And it, yeah, it is. It's, um, it's a funny sport and it, it's such a minority sport over here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good fun being part of it. So um, a couple of other comments here. Andy is a Dallas fan, by the way, Matt. He says, looking forward to seeing the stars getting back on the ice when they eventually can. Eventually. Uh, Vegas on Lake Tahoe will be a unique highlight of the year. And this is something as well we wanted to mention. These outdoor yeah. games, which are brilliant yeah. to watch if you're this. in the what? UK. Tell me, tell me about times. this. You can what, watch UK time? UK time. So it's 3 p.m. in their time. It's um, Lake Tahoe's on the border of California, uh, Nevada, nice. somewhere, somewhere around there anyway. Yeah. Um, it is, what, February the 20th and 21st. Um, it's Colorado versus Vegas uh, and nice. Boston versus Philadelphia. Um, could be good yeah. games. Yeah, they could be good. I, mean, I, I think it's a good idea by the league to try still try and do something like outdoor yeah. game okay no fans but i think they can still make a spectacle of it and and make it something mid-season for for the fans to to look forward to i always look forward to the outdoor games and the stars were lucky enough to be in one last last january uh, last new year's day seems like such a long time ago <laughs> um and yeah I, I mean i'm just pleased that chicago aren't in it yeah um yeah for, for starters but I think Vegas being in it will be will be good and that is one of the exciting things because I would be fascinated to see what they do with them because to be fair to the NHL in, in the bubble hockey they did a pretty good job of making it a good TV spectacle like and turning the arena into a bit of a kind of visual visually interesting without the fans but to think what you could do with an outdoor setting if you don't have to take into account fans this is kind of it's probably a once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> Sorry, let's hope. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to create something like this. And if the league pull it off, you think the visuals on that, I mean, any NHL fan will watch that game. I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily watch or go out my way to watch a Boston-Philadelphia game. However, I'll be watching that. 
Well, one of the comments that we have got actually is from Adam, who's out in Australia. He's a Red Wings fan. Um, and his one of his comments he's put here about hoping Detroit will improve by 30 points and finish in the bottom three or four teams, uh, thinking, <laughs> that's what he's thinking anyway, dreaming uh, that Philip Zidane scores 25-plus goals and... Uh, Sider, Schreider, I never know how to say his name, plays in the NHL after demolishing the SHL all season. But what he has put about wishing was wishing the NHL doesn't NHL the Lake Tahoe games. Let nature steal the show, please. Um, I picked that that particular image that they put out to promote these outdoor games as the photo, the image for this particular episode. Um yeah. What I was also interesting was uh, like other Leafs comments as well. James Reeve, who comes on this podcast, does some great um, article writing as well. Uh, he's put thinking finally, and that's all he's written in capital, dreaming Leafs don't disappoint, wishing Leafs get past the first round. I love the realism in that. And where is the tweet that we got from... Um, Abby, who is a Chicago fan, uh, her hopes aren't high for Chicago this year. She won't ask for much. She just like to make it through the season without any major injuries. Uh, and any spot other than last in the league, I'll take. Oh, I love that. I, I absolutely love that about sports fans because I support rubbish teams across whatever sport that I uh, follow. And I, I love uh, a sports fan who at the beginning of the season can just go, I just hope none of them get hurt. Like that is such a great attitude to go into a season because you you hopefully can't be disappointed because your expectations are so low. And uh, if I'd have had that attitude about the Leafs for the last three years, the injury record's been pretty good. I'd actually be quite happy. Like <laughs> it would be it would be much better than my over over the top kind of feeling towards my sporting teams. Well done, Abby. And I I don't know about Chicago. I think they're gonna have a tough year. I think it is going to be unfortunate for them. Losing Taves is going to be huge for them, and also um, their goaltender Crawford as well. Who retired? Did you see that the other day? Yeah, yeah. retired after signed a new contract and then then retired. Sorry, that was uh, yeah, that was enough. Um, is this the time where I can insert the pointless NHL quiz, or is there any other business that you would like to bring up before we do this? I can't think of anything. Okay, then I will I'm begin really, the what the, about you, Matt? the pointless NHL quiz. No, go on, go on, make us look stupid. It's not stupid. It's just there's, there's like the, the information comes from EliteProspects.com. And I have actually been told by professional ice hockey players that the information to do with height and weight is often incorrect and rarely updated. But I just Hell. like to have a little play when you go on Elite <laughs> Prospects and you just kind of order players in the league or teams in the league to see which is the oldest player? Which is the heaviest player? Which is the tallest player? So I have come up with uh, some pointless quiz questions. I can't remember which tall. leaf. I can't remember which leaf it was, but one of them grew like three inches this off season, according to their official stats. Which I just love that, <laughs> like a twenty-three-year-old growing like three inches. You're like, no, he didn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, the easiest questions here. Who is the oldest player in the league right well, now? Well, how's the quiz working? Are we are like fastest finger first? Are we both just guessing? There's no one. They are the rules. Do so you just shout out an answer? Well, I, I assumed that. I assumed there was no prizes. <laughs> Come on, it's an easy one. This right, oldest player. Right, in oldest the league. player. 
Tara. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait well wait, done. Okay. Uh, well, so I didn't even get to guess. No, but can you it's tell me, Cholon, how old is uh, Zidane Chara? Zidane Chara is too old to be playing hockey. Uh, well, if Thornton's 41, he must be older than that, say, 42. 43. 43. Amazing. Yes. Um, youngest, do you know who Sorry, the youngest... Just, just before we move on, is anyone surprised that he left Boston? I thought that was one of the weirdest moves ever. Like, <laughs> why does a player like Zidane Chara leave Boston? Unless they literally weren't going to sign him again, which they've said they were going to. He he wasn't happy. I can't. I did read it somewhere. He wasn't happy about something that they offered. The role to change it. I think. I guess they had to kind of say to him, "Look, you're going to be don't a be fourth line guy. You could have like I don't know, barely ten minutes on the ice a game. That's the role we've got for you. Take it or leave yeah, it. We respect you, but that's what it is. But why they wouldn't have said that immediately? I mean, that would have been obvious very early on for them. Why they left it so late? I think seemed Seems a bit. Weird. It seems a really weird move. Like, mm. just really strange. It's not like he's a hometown. Like, I mean, Slovakian, well, isn't he? Like, caps as well. I mean, surely his role with the Caps is going to be very similar. If yeah. you would take like a team, I don't know, like Minnesota Wild, he would be much more further up in, in the lines, maybe second line, third line. I, I don't understand either. Um, yeah, sorry. Anyway, carry on. I just thought it was a really odd move. I nearly got him in fancy fo- uh, in the fancy hockey. I was so tempted to draft him, and then I I, I just couldn't. Like my my finger was like that on the draft button. I was like, ah, yeah, no, I can't do it. I, do it. I, I had a chance to um, select uh, a Vetchkin, and I oh, that chose would be going against to. the religion, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would. It, it, old, you know, old time listeners of this podcast know how much we hate number one, or I hate anyone whoa, whoa, to do whoa, with whoa. the Bruins <laughs> and Ovechkin. They're just removed from my vocabulary. Uh, right. Anyway, back. Stay on message. Youngest player in the league, Alexi Lafreniere. Incorrect. Damn. He plays for LA Kings. Ah, oh, Quinton Byfield. 18 years old, yes. And he his birthday, I think, is something like August 2002, 2004. I mean, I just kind of... Anything past 2000, I'm like... You. Th- no, I did go it. for Lafreniere in the fantasy because I have a feeling he might have a good year. Okay, tallest person in the league. Zidane Chara. Correct. 205 centimetres tall. Do you know who the <laughs> shortest person is in the league, though? Ooh. They are the same height as me, I've got to say. Oh, uh, right, well, don't say the answer unless it's right. Well, five foot four is how tall I am, 163. Does he, uh, does he play for Nashville? No, he does not. Oh. Hang on, did you say he is five foot four or he's shorter than five foot four? No, he is five foot four. He's 163 he centimetres if you would like it in the non-metric terms. A further clue is that he's playing in the central division. No, okay. No, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on, hang Don't on. get Googling. Don't get Googling. Googling. I'm, do you know what? I'm actually Googling. What's the central division? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's, on, one, on. that's one for Matt, what anyway. What team, what team, what team, what team? God, you're dragging this out, aren't you? Come on. CBJ. I don't know enough of their players. Max Domey. No, I've got to say, this is not a player that jumped out at me, but it's Nate Gerb. Gerby? Oh, I Gerb? Never heard of him in my life. There you go. 
Okay, right. Let's switch from players to teams because that's way more. A very fun. long time going on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you did. It's a good job. It's a good job that we uh, don't pay per minute of this podcast. Um, right, let's go to teams because, to be honest, this is where it gets really, really pointless and stupid because it's all average age, average height, average weight. Right, tallest okay. team. Who is the tallest team this season in the NHL? Okay, don't say... So we're both going to chuck in a guess, okay? And you're going to tell us whether we're right. Come on, go. Tallest team in the NHL. I mean, Zidane Char has got to help the Caps, hasn't he? Um, the average height but... of this team is 188.59 centimetres. What's that in real life? It doesn't matter. Just say a bloody name. I think I think the caps because you have got Tom Wilson. Yeah, Ratchkid's quite tall. Yeah. All right. Well, if you go with the caps, then I'm going to go with oh oh um uh, L A. Both incorrect. It's Ottawa Senators. Oh what? Exactly. Okay. They never win anything. Wow, you got a bunch <laughs> of nobodies. That is there the only go. things the Sens are going to win this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the shortest team this year, an average height of 183.75 centimetres. The decimals matter when it comes to this stuff. Who is the shortest team or which is the shortest team in the NHL of the 2021 season? It was funny. I would have I would have gone with the Senators if they were the tallest just because they were a bunch of kids. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Red Wings. Incorrect. New Jersey. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I could see the white, the white glow on his face now no, that he's worked out how to do no, it. No, that's the uh, that's the the list of teams. It's the divisions. Right, okay. Oh, Heaviest team. So average weight of 93.32 kilograms. The heaviest team in the 2021 season. Not who you would have thought, I've got to say. Heaviest team. I mean, this is where when I started following the NHL, to be honest, I didn't even know the names of all 31 teams or the fact no. that there were 31 teams. So, no. uh, Well, there wasn't 31 when you started. No. How many are All there right, that like, makes you sound like I'm about 60. <laughs> <laughs> 32 next year. Um, anyway, uh, give sorry, me, heaviest, give team, me, heaviest team, heaviest team, heaviest team. Just give me... Uh, uh, any Claire you can't just chuck out a quiz like this and then not um, Caroline not take it seriously no that's incorrect you're wrong sure. incorrect yeah I told you uh... <laughs> come on then Jonathan if anybody uh, is still listening at this point I am amazed the Pittsburgh Penguins incorrect it's Vegas Golden Knights oh. have the oh. heaviest team lightest oh, team I will just say lightest team to help you out have an average weight of 86.9 kilograms remember who was the shortest oh, okay Matt I actually can't remember who it was <laughs> was it New Jersey it's New Jersey Devils <laughs> Let's not make this any more painful than it is. Can you, okay. ma- can you imagine if it was the, he- the, he- the lightest team was also the tallest team? <laughs> Just a bunch of really lanky hockey players with their pads like falling off them. <laughs> the oldest team, okay. Uh, an average age of 30.58. 
the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, no they're not. Oh, think, think about close, this. Though. Think about who is the oldest player in the league and why he might bump up the average. Washington. Washington, Washington Capitals have a 30.58 average age, probably because of just having Chara on their roster. The and Leafs are up there, though, aren't they, this year? They, they were like, I, I did see this the other week. It was like tw- 28, I think, was their average yeah. age. They got old Some, fast. Somebody said they were like, by the way, if anybody says the young plucky Leafs, they're wrong. Because <laughs> they're, they're basically a load of OAPs. <laughs> Got to say, actually, um, Toronto Maple Leafs are ninth in the league for average age. No. Yes. So there are much more older teams. New York Islanders, Minnesota Wild, Detroit Red Wings, Anaheim Ducks, Nashville Predators, San Jose Sharks. Dallas is older than Maple Leafs. But who is the youngest team in the 2021 season, according to... Elite prospects, which is probably a load of rubbish. Hang on, though. Sorry, did you say the Red Wings are one of the oldest teams? Number four. Wow, that that rebuild's going well, isn't it? God. Sorry, uh, youngest teams. Youngest teams. This is this is um, a team which we've talked about a lot on this podcast today. Oh, the Rangers. New York Rangers. There we go. And good as well. You think of the type of players the Rangers have got this year. Anyway, that was Claire's pointless NHL quiz via Elite Prospects. We're not uh, sponsored by them. And probably that quiz is a load of rubbish and may update in uh, imminently. Anyway, that is the podcast today. Uh, Next week, hopefully, we'll be back reviewing a few games. Um, Here's hoping. Sorry, Matt. Sorry to rub it yeah, in. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we might, we might not have you on next week. Awkward. <laughs> Got nothing to say. How's the, how's the Dallas start the season? Mm-hmm. I have to find another team to follow this uh, this week. Canada. Um, who, is you know, your, who is your other team, Matt? Who would you choose if Dallas sees, seasons get wiped out? Claire, same question to you. Not that it'll happen to the Leafs because we're in Canada. Everything's great in Canada. But what would you be your other team to follow this year? Uh, I've started doing this last few years and it's quite enjoyable particularly as a loose fan because that's just misery so probably somebody in the East Division because I think that's going to be interesting so probably somebody like the Rangers or Philly somebody with a bit of a an interesting storyline going on mm, so I'd probably say Carolina Hurricanes mm. or Colorado Avalanche because I think Colorado could have a good deep run. They kind of fell over at the Should last do. hurdle. Yeah, I would think that they could go far. And I don't really watch a lot of their games. And Carolina just seem to always kind of, I don't know, they're, they're interesting. There's, they've mm. got some some bites to them, and I enjoy that. Um, so yeah. They're mine as well, funnily enough. They're mm. mine, they're Carolina. I've got, I've got a soft spot for them. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting right. to see their season. Well, we want to obviously want people who are listening to this to get in touch, particularly people who are fans in the West Division. What are you hoping? What are you dreaming for for your team? Uh, Just a quick reminder, you can tweet us at NHL fans from afar. You can email us. Uh, We do not accept pigeons or doves, um, but email is okay. NHL fans from afar. I think we still get them in Wales here. I think I I can still get pigeons down here. At gmail.com. Um, no, they're probably, you know, you're not, they can't have English pigeons in Wales. Ah, no, no, they shoot them at the bridge. Absolutely. 
Um, also, just very, 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 very quickly, um, is worth, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but NHL fans who might have missed it because they haven't really made a big deal out of it, there are some NHL games on BT Sport this year. And um, if you happen to have BT Sport, for whatever reason you would have it, for Champions League or whatever, um, there are going to be a, quite a few games. I think it's like two two a week. Three it? a week, yeah. Three 15, a week. 15 on Premier Sports and three on BT. And what's yeah. great about them is they're putting them, I don't know whether it's great or not, you might hate it, but um, they are putting them at kind of sociable times, a lot of them. So they are showing some live games on BT, but they're also showing some kind of the following day, but at like 5pm in the afternoon. So if you can avoid the scores and things like that, um, then there's loads of them. And of course, there's stacks on Premier Sports and NHL TV, but a um, bit of an under the radar uh, announcement by BT. I haven't made a big song and dance about it. But if you've got BT, you've got three NHL games a week to feast on. Nice. Just now, you know, there are several things that you need to remember to do before you finish listening to this podcast. Number one is subscribe or follow this podcast. Number two is send us a message. And number three is turn off your bloody notifications if you would like the games to be a surprise hide scores on the nhl app make sure if you would like to keep it a surprise then do it don't get caught out like we have done in previous seasons um thanks very much from me thanks matt no problem being a father yeah (laughs) thanks and thanks joe and we'll be back next week hopefully uh talking hockey 